two wizards. Two wizards? Two wizards. Two wizards. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It has been years since my last confession, but I beg your forgiveness. The sin I committed was not reading, O Lord, when you saw fit to strike me down with illness this week, and I went to the store to buy throat coat tea. And in my lack of reading and literacy, instead I grabbed smooth moves tea and made two cups and drank it and spent two days removing all the sin and evil from my body. I am now purified in your name, O Lord, and I am four pounds lighter and none of my pants fit. And I thank you for these blessings that I am about to receive because my God, I'm so hungry, O Lord. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, (laughs) amen. I got so sick, Josh. Um, drank the wrong oh, type buddy. of tea. Oh. And let me tell you, baby, it laid me low. But also, but also, in that, like, time of, you know, vision quest, you know, dehydrating myself, lashing out at the ele- elements of my bathroom fan and single light bulb in my bathroom, I gained new appreci- appreciation, and I literally think that I might have ascended to, like, Gandalf the White levels of wizardly power tonight. Oh, shoot. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> terrible, Josh, terrible. The moral of the story is, for Christ's sake, read your boxes of tea when you grab them. The labels are wrong. Don't look at the tag on the shelf because people in City Market don't know what stocking is. Yeah, that's also that's also very much, very much the case. Yeah, man, I... Uh, it, it, it is. It's that, uh, what is that? Uh caveat emptor mm-hmm. buyer beware uh yeah i think i think i think just about all of us at, at some point in our lives have just been housed by well i thought this was the thing i wanted and then it's just not and you just have to live with the consequences of that and it's horrible yeah it's horrible to have to do that yeah <laughs> and you know the real bitch of it was my throat didn't feel any better <laughs> <laughs> Hi everybody, my name is Mark and I'm a wizard and that's the shittiest intro we've ever done. <laughs> well, and my name is Josh and I am also a wizard and, and well but yet also, you know, it's it is that like weird rebound where um yeah, like it's it's not quite spring, it's not quite winter and there's just junk in the air again. Mm-hmm. So, I'm I'm sorry I'm sorry to hear that I got you this time, Mark. Um but yeah, I mean, hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully, there'll be some some respite for you. Um, actually, you know what I hear is good for like a sore throat and all that. What's that, buddy? Um, probably this thing that is in our wizard's cup. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because we've been making it a point. You know, this is the season of just treat yourself Mm -hmm. and like hanging out but you also got a hold of me uh earlier in the week and said josh we kind of i i kind of want us to do something special for for this episode and i said well mark uh since it is it is it is my pleasure to serve what should we have so mark what what do we have uh, yeah, um, in keeping with tonight's topic, I asked you to pick up that most wonderful and pure liquor of all, scotch. 
Oh, so good. So Man. what type of scotch is in your Wizard's Cup tonight? Because I'm drinking mild standby Clan McGregor, not Clan McGregor, I'm sorry, uh, Cuddy Sark with diet sugar-free 7-Up. Oh, okay, nice. Um, yeah, I was, well, and I was even, I, I was of the mind to, you know, maybe maybe splurge a little bit um, because I got my, like, big round of dissertation revisions done. I sent it out to my committee. They're reviewing it, and then we'll be, like, scheduling the defense and all that. So I thought, yeah, you know, I can get some scotch for two wizards and some scotch to mark that occasion. But also, since I'm not teaching this semester, um, I don't have that much, like... <laughs> fun money to to mess around with um but what i did find instead was i found from the uh Kraglaki hotel scotland Ooh. uh established 1893 this is copper dog Speyside blended malt scotch whiskey awesome um, so it's no yeah it's no like uh glenlivet 16 it's no uh uh, oh, what's oh god! I just lost it. What's Ron Swanson's Lagavulin? Lagavulin, yeah. It, it's no Lagavulin, um, but it's Copper Dog, and I'm just drinking it out of a mason jar with a few whiskey stones. Oh, you're gonna get silly tonight. <laughs> well, here's on you, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Here's on you. Cheers. Cheers. Mmm. Mmm. All right. Yep. Petey. <laughs> Say, Josh, do you know what we're talking about tonight? I have no idea, but I would imagine it has something to do with maybe Scotland? Or maybe. Are, Mark, do we have an entire episode on scotch eggs? <laughs> yes, an entire episode devoted to a thing that I can't eat. Here we go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Patio Tam O'Shanter one day was walking home from... No. Um... <laughs> Oh, here we go, buddy. Sometime during the Devonian period, about 490 million years ago, the continents of Laurentia and Baltica mashed into the much smaller continent of Avalonia. Uh, uplift occurred, and a new continent called Caledonia was born These pe- of these pieces of plate, and they continued to mash and fuse and uplift. Jumping forward to 65 million years ago, God realized that he wasn't going to get that science victory that he wanted using the dinosaur empire, and realized the mammals were about to sneak in with a culture victory, because they were run- because they were being played by Satan. So God pulled the ultimate dick move and hard reset the entire game, killing 99% of all life on Earth, and covering it with mostly ice. Then, 12,000 years ago, during the last glacial maximum, as it was in her final act, the glaciers began to recede faster than Andrew Tate's hairline, and the melting opened up to reveal large fjords that they had spent epochs gouging out of the hard ground, and were eventually filled in with seawater. These highland salt lakes eventually lost their salinity over a couple thousand years, and then around 10,000 years ago, due to rapid global temperature rise, the final glaciers gave up the ghost, and sea levels raised even higher, submerging bulks of this new mini-continent and creating what you and I would now call the UK, Ireland, Scotland, Mm. Wales, and England. Sometime, also around 10,000 years ago, the hollow moon was towed into her final position and raised sea levels even more, creating a generational trauma scar that would echo across all human life. This rising sea level destroyed countless coastal villages and some, you know, advanced civilizations, but we've already been to that party. 
Humans moved away from their newly formed oceanfront property and got high, Josh. That is to say, they got high in elevation. And in these high elevations in this newly formed Caledonian continent, they found forests, rocky, inhospitable mountains, deep valleys, and sometimes in these deep valleys, deep-cut moraine lakes. These lakes, or lochs, populate the Scottish Highlands, and they are connected by a series of channels and rivers both above and underground. The largest of these is Loch Lomond, at 22.6 miles long and 5 miles wide, with a maximum depth of 620 feet. Loch Morar is the, sec is the deepest at more than 1,000 feet deep. But the most mysterious of these lochs is the Loch Ness. Drink! <gasps> Drink! Let's go! Oh, baby, let's go. <laughs> when, I mean, okay, yes, of course, scotch. And getting to, as soon as you mentioned glaciers, I was like, this, this handsome bastard, he's going to tell us about Loch Ness. <laughs> <laughs> Loch Ness is a glorified trench, Josh. She spans 22.6 miles long, or 22.5 miles long, and is less than two miles wide at her widest point. What it lacks in girth, it makes up for in depth. Formerly thought to be bottomless, it's actually about 744 feet at its deepest, but has an average depth of 433 feet. Remember, these are moraine-cut glacial lakes. They get real steep and real deep. Mm. The body of water is fed by the River Ness, which, collect, which connects to Loch Dofor via the Ness River and the Inverness River in the north, and then in turn feeds into Loch Oich, in the, and the via the Oich River in the southern end. We should also point out here that the word Ness is both a Gaelic word, is, sorry, is a Gaelic word taken from a Greek word. And that Greek word is return or nostoi. Oh, okay. Nice. In Gaelic, it's Nestos, or, you know, it, it, it diffuses down to become Ness, but Ooh. literally the water that returns. They call it the returning oh. waters. That's super sweet. Uh, according to Local legend, uh, this is the, so the, the head of the Ness River, or where the Ness River flows into the Loch Ness, is also the uh, fountain point of the waters that used to fill the Holy Grail, that God had put a stone over, until one day the devil came along and knocked the stone off, and that was what opened up the River Ness, and suddenly filled up all these lakes. Okay, cool. I'll take it. Mm. Uh, she has more water in her than all the lakes in Wales and Britain combined. And this water has almost zero visibility due to the composition of the soil, which is mainly peat. The same type of soil that makes our scotch this yummy, smoky, boggy flavor. Ah, the peat. Ah, ah the, the peat. peat. <laughs> Drink for the peat. Drink for the peat. Within this cl cloudy water resides teeming swarms of fish, eels, and tonight's subject, the Loch Ness Monster, or Nessie. But before we go on, I gotta ask you, Josh, can I borrow a tree, Fitty? <laughs> I said, no, get out of here, new Loch Ness Monster. Well, I just gave him a little tree, baby. Damn a woman. <laughs> there I was podcasting with my buddy Josh, and then he, I looked at Josh, and he was about 50 feet tall and had glowing red eyes and a long, swervy neck, and he said, you got 350, and I said, God damn it, Loch Ness Monster. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, this is oh, also man. a good time to tell you to open up your notes if you haven't yet, but it's all oh, right. Yes. The, the, the mystery yeah, is spoiled, absolutely. so it's all good. Oh, boy. Yeah, I... What do you know about Nessie, Josh? What do you, what do you know about this fabled beast? 
this this fabled beast. Well, I know that it is perhaps the most uh, world famous cryptid monster, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, as we've talked in our other lake monster episodes, like donned an entire genus, I suppose you might say, of other uh, sea sea creatures uh, that have that just lovable um, name ending that Gen Z has ruined for us. <laughs> Everybody's crazy about all the various kinds of ussy. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah. And just, I, I don't know. It is. It's, it's just like when you think, when you think of sea monster and the unknown, you think of Loch Ness and you think of Nessie. Yeah. So. Yeah. Enig- enigmatic, iconic, one might say, um, mm-hmm. mysterious, but also we're about to find out here that she's kind of got some chupacabra vibes. Also, I want to point out here as a point of order, I will be referring to all Nessies, of course, as female because the makes sense but also i went down a rabbit hole of how you gender bodies of water because you'll notice that i'll refer to the loch ness as a female tonight and my biggest takeaway from all this is that when it comes to naming bodies of water it's never masculine and it's you know it's always androgynous because duh it's a lake but at the same time there's never a body of water that's male unless it's portuguese then it's an old lake and it can be male that's the only oh, time an old lake will be a male lake versus a young lake can be a female lake. And I always just tend to err on the side of Gordon Lightfoot, who, you know, talks about, you know, superior, also, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. talking about her, the rooms of her ice covered mansions. So that's what I'm going yeah. with. Also, uh, drink one for Gordon Lightfoot. Here we go. Oh, yeah, um, but, but yeah, so I also remember... Uh, and I think it was, I, I mean, I haven't done any sort of like deep research into this, but I'm pretty sure it was also like a 90s kid thing. Um, like, man, so many quote unquote documentaries on um, the Discovery Channel when it was good, mm-hmm. on the History Channel when it was good, on TLC when it was good. Um, yeah, man, so many like, like here's here's Captain so-and-so, he's going into Submersible with a new underwater robotic camera to see if he can spot Nessie. And, you know, here's little, like, nine-year-old Josh, like, well, will they see it this time? Uh, like, well, and here they capture this photo, but it could just be a tree trunk that fell into the lock. <laughs> <laughs> and both that excitement, but also just that utter disappointment of, like, man. <laughs> I'm, we I, had it I'm glad time. you brought that up organically, though, because that is a big part of this is, oh, God, I hope you're ready to eat some friggin' member berries, buddy. Oh, let's do it. I'm, I'm, always, I'm always keen on member berries. Always. <laughs> um, before I get too ahead of myself, I'm going to shout out my sources tonight because there is a ton of them. Uh, the Enigma of Loch Ness by Dr. Henry Bauer. Loch Ness, Still a Mystery by Constance White. Lake Monster Mysteries by Jerome Clark and my personal lord and savior, uh, Lauren Coleman. LochNessSightings.com, which basically acts as like the Beefro page for Loch Ness Monster. Oh, okay. Don'ttakepictures.com. Uh, Wikipedia that also has a Scottish edition, which is super racist, question mark? Next time you're bored, type in a uh, Scottish Wikipedia and just read an article. It's... It's weird. 
It's literally like the lack runs deep. The this head, it's a cunt. Oh, it's like, it, what it's is like going? it's literally written in like brogue. It's it, weird. even like Scots. Yeah, it's li- it, yeah. yeah it's, and I'm just like, what are we doing? I don't know if it's real or not, but it's like it's Wikipedia. So I'm like, okay, well, it's got to be real. Yeah, right? there's a there's a lady on. I, I think on like Instagram and, and I'm sure all, all sorts of other socials. Um, and like her thing is like she like teaches her her members uh, about yeah like the Scots language. Mm. Um, and so the Mrs. Wizard checks her out. I'll, I'll after the show I'll write the stuff down and send it yeah. to you. And if we want to do that too. Um, but also yeah the it sounds like Scots Wikipedia is also kind of like BBC Pigeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is BBC P I D G I N. Because uh, a pidgin is a sort of like a like a blending of languages, like a Creole uh, sort of a thing, and yeah, they make yeah. the like unintentionally hilarious, but also again racist question mark. <laughs> I could definitely see where it's like you're just doing a Mike Myers character as you wrote this. You're being right. an asshole, <laughs> yeah. but at the same time, I'm like, well, I follow some Scottish if, podcasts, and this is kind of how they talk, so I I guess I get it. Yeah. Because that's also, and at the same time, that's also their language. And they're yeah. very proud of that. And fucking good on them. Like, hell yeah. <laughs> I can't even Gannett. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, the Christian Science Monitor, history-uk.com, military.com, and most importantly, my own mom. As far as lake monsters go, the Loch Ness Monster, or Nessie, or Nessie, that's N-I-S-E-A-G, in the Gaelic, has been living in the Loch Ness since humans have been there, or around that area. Um, It was mentioned as a cautionary tale by the Pictish tribes that lived in the area, who basically just said, don't go into that water. We've heard this story Mm. before, we will hear it again, but this is its origin point. Um, Now, I'm sure sure you don't know, or you do. Do you know, so, just stab in the dark, when do you think we got our first uh, Loch Ness monster story, Josh? Chupacabra versus Ogopogo, 1995 versus, you know, pre-Columbian contact. Which side of the coin do you think old Nessie falls onto? Uh, Okay, well, um, I would... Man. There's a part of me that wants to, like, split the difference and say, well, probably, I don't know, sometime, like... medieval early modern um but i'm gonna lean more towards like lake ogopogo i'm I'm gonna say like older rather than newer okay yeah and you would be right good buddy our uh, first written account of an encounter with a something in the loch ness comes from 563 ce dang okay yeah um there was an Irish warrior monk who was named St. Columbo, who was famous for trying to convert the Pictish tribes in the region or in Scotland to Christianity. And he was pretty damn successful. Um, he built two large monasteries in the area. And according to his biographer, St. Adamnan describes some of his more interesting activities. And Josh, if you would be so kind to read from the life and times of St. Columbo by St. Adamnan, quote one. <laughs> sure. At another time also, when the blessed man was sojourning for some days in the province of the Picts, he was obliged to cross the river Nessa, the Ness. And when he came to the bank, he sees some of the inhabitants burying an unfortunate fellow whom, as those who were burying him related, a little while before, some aquatic monster seized and savagely bit 
while he was swimming. So, yeah, so he comes upon a funeral and he goes, what's going on? And the pics go, oh, a monster in the lake killed this guy. Um, Columbo heard of this and he decided he's going to go meet this monster head on. Now, I don't need... So, listeners, call back to our Immortal Kombat episode number one. When you and I talked about the, like weird superheroes that were the early Catholic saints. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, Francis of Assisi was like, he's kind of known as like being the kind of nature dude. Columbus, the other side of this coin, he doesn't like live in harmony with nature so much as he screams at it and it runs away. He is um, detailed in this epic by Adamnan as like, he will yell at badgers and bears and wolves and he will chase them away from people. He literally has the control beast dragon shout. <laughs> That's awesome. So, you know, being a man of God, Columbus like, I bet I can fight this monster. And he decides he's going to do just that. But before he sets out, he realizes that he needs a boat. He also realizes that this monster might be hungry because they buried the last guy that got bit by it. So he decides to kill two birds with one stone. And he finds his buddy, a pious and learned man named Lunge Mokumen. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong because it's probably Pictish Scott, but it's L-N-G-E-M-O-C-U-M-N. C-U-M-I-N. Mokumen. He's Mokumen. He's coming all the time. On that Loch Ness Usi. Okay. Uh, he <laughs> sent Mokumen to go grab the boat that was sitting out in the middle of the lake and tow it back to him. And he told him that God will keep you safe. We don't know if Columba believed it or not, but I'm going to assume that he did. And, uh, Josh, what does the Damnon have to say about this next bit? What happens next? Well, he says, The monster, which was lying in the riverbed, and whose appetite was rather whetted for more prey than sated with what it already had, perceiving the surface of the water disturbed by the swimmer, suddenly comes up and moves towards the man as he swam in midstream, and with a great roar rushes on him with open mouth, while all who were there, barbarians as well as brethren, were greatly terror-struck. The blessed man seeing it after making the salutary sign of the cross in the empty air with his holy hand upraised, and invoking the name of God, commanded the ferocious monster, saying, Go thou no further, nor touch the man. Go back at once! Then, on hearing this word of the saint, the monster was terrified, and fled away again more quickly than if it had been dragged off by ropes. <laughs> So, Columba is basically Gandalf. You shall not pass. Ah, that's so stinking cool, buddy. (laughs) Now, of course, go ahead and take this with the margarita rim of salt that I know you would be taking it with normally if we were drinking margaritas. Pretend you got salt with you, Josh, and go ahead and take a dash and take another dash. This account is believed to be mainly apocryphal, but to be fair, Irish mythology around the same area in Highlands refers to a creature called the Warum, a half-fish, half-dragon that is said to live in the rivers and mouths of the high mountain lakes. It roars like a bull and will usually take and will usually kill men on stormy nights who venture near to the water's edge. Now, again, cautionary tale, or there's something up here. In the County Kerry, in Loch Bryn, and in Glencar, there are stories of the Warum attacking swimmers. Uh, one such tale depicts a young boy whose back was ripped open by the beast. He got away, but he got a stern talking to after he was pulled in and saved. <laughs> and then reports stop. We only get one, you know, pre 
reformation or whatever you want to call it story about a thing in the Loch Ness. But we wonder why. Now, maybe there was nothing there. Maybe Columbo really did his job and scared whatever was living in the lake away. Or maybe, just maybe, Josh, whatever it was living in the Loch learned that the real monsters here are humans and they ought to be avoided at any cost. <laughs> I know, I know, I know how hack it is to start with Columbo because it's 1,500 years old and Christian mythology. And... Yeah, but it gives us a precedent, and you know how much I love my context. But I also want to point out that in this case, this is literally the exact same as native accounts of Ogopogo or Sasquatch or any other thing that I say that I don't want to co-opt for podcast fodder. Because the Picts were natives being invaded by an outside force trying to convert right. and assimilate them. Don't put too mm -hmm. fine a point on it, but there's a point to be put upon it. Right, yeah, it's it, it would be doing a disservice... To, to all of those stories, if we just say like, oh, well, no, they also happen to be white. It's like, no, it gets a it's a little more nuanced than just that. Um, but, but, so, but so I also appreciate, and I, and I believe our, our listeners will appreciate too, that, again, we're trying to do the um, responsible wizardy thing. Yeah, absolutely. So we also need to just take a beat here and go that, and say that, sure, they didn't talk about anything in the Loch Ness in particular, but they talked a lot about all of the other monsters that lived in the water, and the most famous of these was the Kelpie. Right, yeah. But also, dragons. Here be dragons in Scotland, Josh. They're here. They're around. They're everywhere. They're on our medieval heraldry. Are they real? Are they fake? We don't know, but they're everywhere. Um, the last dragon in Scotland, though, was killed sometime around 520 by a guy named Fraser of Glenvaki. This is common knowledge to all the people in the region. But all the people in the region also know that that wasn't the last monster about, because there is still something in the Loch Ness that is kind of fucking weird. According to Below's Atlas, published in 1653, Loch Ness and Loch Lomond both feature waves without wind, fish without a fin, and floating islands which seem to have their own habits of moving. Mm. Remember, these two lakes are connected. These moving islands are also mentioned by Scotland's first coast guard, so to speak. In 1655, during the Cromwell reign, or Cromwell's reign, he sent a British warship up on rollers to patrol the Loch Ness and her shores. Again, 22 miles a lake, that's a lot of shore to patrol. Like, a, yeah. We're mm -hmm. cracking down on heathens. You need to send a... It's like in Civ when you research, you know, gunpowder, but you only found it on a lake, and you just got your, like, one yeah. frigate sitting in the lake. And you're just like, this is my <laughs> frigate. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's there. <laughs> right, right, right. It's just chilling. It's going up and down the shore, and it's got nothing to do, but... It ain't doing much, but what it is doing, by God, it's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> by God, it's doing it. What's he doing? I don't know, but he is doing the hell out of it. <laughs> Uh, one thing these patrols did do, though, was report seeing large islands that would just disappear, making mapping ma or making the mapping of Loch Ness a real bitch. To be fair, there is a single solitary island on the Loch Ness. Uh, it's called Cherry Island, and it's a cranug, which means a man-made island. So, people brought rocks about 150 or 50 meters into the loch and dumped them in enough so much to build up a uh, fortification tower. It might have been a watchtower. We're pretty sure they built it sometime in the 1500s. And initially we thought it was like, you know, oh yeah, we got to guard the western border or whatever. But now we're pretty damn sure it was a hunting lodge for a local lord who raised his, hound who raised his hounds there. But we got to ask Josh, what was the local lord hunting? 
question mark. Uh, Mark, what was the local lore of hunting question mark? Oh, I don't know, but I bet it's fucking scary. <laughs> and it would probably ask her for tree fitty. <laughs> <laughs> Way back then, the Loch Ness was isolated and pretty hard to get to in its own right. But by the 1700s, the future was slowly encroaching its way into the Scottish Highlands. Uh, the first ever road up into the area was constructed or was constructed in the thick woods that ran adjacent to the Loch Ness from Fort Augustus into the high mountains and then down along the loch into Inverfergeg, Doris and Inverness. And also, I spent too much time looking up Scottish pronunciations. I don't mean to sound like Alex Trebek. I'm sorry. (laughs) Construction on this road began in 1731 with several hundred soldiers descending upon the area to begin a mass blasting and deforestation of the area for the road. And wouldn't you know it, this activity seemed to stir up something in the lock, Josh. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. According to a book allegedly published in six, in 1769, nice, quote, nice. <laughs> two Leviathan creatures were sighted on several occasions by the lock, in the lock by road builders. Just, that's what it Ooh. says. <laughs> Um, it also goes on to say that the road crews said that these were just whales that had gotten into the lake via an ocean through an underground passage. And they got in and they couldn't get back out. They Winnie the Pooh themselves, so to speak. <laughs> this was a part of their natural world and they didn't really seem to care. It's kind of like when you were in Alamosa and you would, you know, pop next door to Safeway, you know, during lunch break at the theater and see a seagull sitting up on the light pole. Why is there a seagull in yeah. landlocked Alamosa? I don't know, but it's there. Whatever. Kind of weird, but yep, eh. <laughs> Shit appears where it doesn't need to be, but big who cares? You see it enough, and you, it, it becomes kind of mundane to you. Sorry, drink a scotch there. Oh, sure. Sometime around 1800, a retired game warden named Alexander McDonald, well, he had a farm, Josh. And on that farm, he had a sheep, which got loose from its paddock. And that sheep fell down a steep hill into the Loch Ness. E-I-E-I, uh-oh. As old MacDonald went to rescue this wayward sheep, and I really need to stress how stupid sheep are, instead of going to, you know, what would be its salvation, the sheep swam the other way. And then old MacDonald saw a thing. E-I-E-I, oh no. This thing was about 20 feet long, and it was basically a big old hump that old MacDonald thought looked like a giant salamander. He said he could see the thing approach, and as it propelled itself through the water, it had four short legs on it. And then it grabbed the sheep and drug it underwater. It then drugged the sheep about 150 yards further into the lock and popped up and... So the sheep popped up 150 yards away while being underwater, right? Popped back up and then was then eaten. That was it. It was gone. But something drug drug a sheep 100 yards underwater. Um, Following this incident, a local greeting around the region was, have you seen the salamander today? Because that's what people thought it was, just a big old salamander. Big old salamander. (laughs) Um, in 1822, the Caledonian Canal was completed, and it made a straight cut from the Inverness to Fort Williams into the sea by crossing the Loch Ness through 29 locks, coast to coast in Scotland. This is insane. It's also our, like, we're going to drink Pola today in a moment of the night, m- night, because it undid the fucking, like, continental melding orogeny that made this region. 
Mankind just said, yeah, but what if we could tra- pass through it again? And they did it, so drink to you guys. Oh my god, it's amazing. <laughs> 1822, dude. I am amazed at, like, what humans accomplish. We are so fucking cool. Yeah, it, right, again, man, like, it was, what was it? It was just the other day. I had, like, another, like, oh, yeah, here's another, like, classic example of Sophocles' Ode, Ode to Man. Um, mm-hmm. Goddamn, I don't know. Like... I am not saying that I'm anywhere close to being on the same level, but I'm getting so inspired. I may just have to write like a 21st century version of the <laughs> Polata Dana choral song. Cause like, son of a bitch, like we do some great stuff and that stuff might just end up to be our demise at some point. <laughs> I'm still waiting with bated, with bated breath for Florida to Dana. So yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, this new in, so, at this point in 1822, now we have coast to coast shipping across the lock, right? Um, mm-hmm. And quite honestly, if there is a monster in the lake, nobody saw it because sightings really seem to decrease. But to quote the Boondocks, the absence of evidence is not evident of the absent. Yep. <laughs> if it's a smart animal, if it's a big thing, it's going to avoid noise. Why the hell not? Uh, sightings still occurred, but infrequently in 1880 a diver named duncan mcdonald probably no relation to old mcdonald question mark i don't know there's so many mcdonald's dude holy shit was examining a sunken ship at the fort augustus end of the lock when he came face to face with quote a colossal frog that was the last time that mcdonald went into the loch ness he left the area after that (laughs) (laughs) i I mean yeah, yeah. I if that ha- I can't blame him for that. I can't fault him for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, he was likely right to do so because the creature wasn't relegated to just being in the water. Because turns out multiple accounts reported seeing a huge creature on the land. Uh, the first sighting of this was in 1879 when a horde of school children watched a giant thing slumping down a hill out of the nearby woods and just jumping into the loch. <laughs> now, I need you to think about to this time last year when you and I did Lake Monsters Part 1. And yes, I did this one this time because Two Wizards is like poetry. God damn it, we just rhyme. Mm-hmm. And in those episodes, I mentioned to you the case of the Spicer sighting, in which mm-hmm. a couple saw a large something trundling through a newly deforested region as if kind of confused as to where the hell did all the trees go. Now, this happened right. in July of 1933, and it's not unlike the reports of Sasquatch prints being found around freshly logged areas. Like... You're in this thing's house. You broke this thing. You 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 ruined this thing's yeah. living room, and it's like, and the thing mm. is like, well, well, who pooped on my couch? And it's confused, yeah. and it's sad, and I feel bad. Not long though after the Spicers account, or not long after the Spicers had given this account and had been thoroughly mocked by whoever was around and heard their story, there was a young veterinarian driving home on his motorcycle late one night in 1933. As he was coming home at about 1 a.m., his single headlight shone upon something, and this is from the New York Times, January 5th, 1934. Josh, if you would kindly. Of course. Also, feel free to be as, like, offensively Scottish here, because this dude (laughs) is Scottish. So you go fucking nuts, bud. Oh, Okay, no, I was going to say, I'm going to channel my Billy Connolly here. 
coming home from Inverness at 1.30 a.m. in bright moonlight. I was almost on it when a small head and a long neck turned in my direction, and the object taking fright made two great bounds cross the road and plunged into the loch. I had a splendid view, and it had a long neck with an eel-like head and large oval eyes. The body was hefty, and I distinctly saw two front flippers. There were two other webbed flippers behind it, and a tail about five feet long that rounded into a point, and two ridges down its back. (laughs) I'm entirely sorry to all the good people of Scotland, but also not sorry. I don't think we have any Scottish listeners, so don't don't you worry about it, buddy. (laughs) I know we got a shitload in Ireland, though, so I bet they'll get a kick out of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're always, yeah. (laughs) Now, remember, this young man, Grant, was a veterinarian. And so he's got kind of like an understanding of what, you know, basic. It's what, you know, Lovecraft would call like the good wholesome life would be. He knows what it looks like. This wasn't what it it should look like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, He went he went and reported the sighting. And the next day he came back with. Uh, local police and they found 10 three-toed tracks and a large crushed or a large like swath crushed into the undergrowth uh casts were taken of these tracks okay all right good yes you look at them getting some evidence nice getting some evidence yeah 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 uh then in november of 1933 a gentleman named hugh gray took the first ever picture of nessie he claimed that he had spotted it on the road while driving um, and snap this picture. Josh, you can page down to see the gray oh, photo. Yeah. Okay, no, so I uh, I mentioned watching these quote-unquote documentaries uh, as a kid on the Discovery Channel. I distinctly remember the dramatization of this event. Dude, mm-hmm. like, driving his car and um, pulling over and getting out his old-timey camera uh, to take a look. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, there it that is. is. That is a That is a photo of Nessie, the Loch Ness Monster. Now, detractors will tell you that that's a dog with a stick in its mouth. <laughs> but I would recommend that you look at the water around it because you've seen dogs swim and that's like weirdly mini choppy wakey water. I just don't I just don't see it, man. Uh, listeners to Wizards Pod C1 slash Blue Sky or High Hammock Blue Sky, whatever the fuck we have. Uh, I'll yeah. put all these pictures. I'll put up all my research pictures on here. Um, but to me, that doesn't look like a dog. I, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I look, I, I understand that. I mean, one, the, 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 the technology we had for taking photographs at that time was not the best. And so right. it is a bit. And so everything is kind of a bit of a Rorschach test. And you can see like, sure, if you see a dog with a stick, maybe you're, Still getting over the fact that you lost your pet when you were a little kid. I, I don't know. I don't oh, know. yeah. There you go. Okay, yeah. <laughs> what do you see here? Oh, there's my boy Rover. He used to dr- go fetching sticks in the lock until that son's a bitchin' salamander got his ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah. I don't see a just a dog with a stick. Uh, and, and it is hard to tell some of the, like, scale of the, yeah. like, 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 how big are these are, are these uh perturbations in the water but yeah that does not look like a like like a dog with a stick uh i think it's something a little bigger 
and mm-hmm. a lot more unknown than than that. I less, would less, be inclined to agree. Le- yeah, less Sorry? identifiable, I should say. It's less identifiable than that. Yeah, I I think that's a fair statement. Yeah. Um. So this uh this photo by Gray. Well, it might be the first, but oh baby, it is not the most famous. Uh, that picture would be taken. In 1934, when a British gynecologist named Robert Wilson, yes, he was a gynecologist, was driving alongside the lock, when he saw something weird in the lock, and no, this was no man in the boat. He was used to seeing that. Get it? I made a pussy joke. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Thank you. I worried about including that. I was like, is this low brown? Ah, fuck it. Put it in. That was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Wilson also pulled over and also allegedly snapped this picture. And you can go ahead and page down there, Josh. Probably the most notorious cryptid photo we have in the entire world. Second only to the Patterson-Gilman film and the Tombstone Thunderbird film. It is known as the Surgeon's Photo. And this is our moment of taint, another pussy joke, so to speak, that we always get when we discuss cryptids, because this is the crystallizing image that when you say, what is the Loch Ness Monster, will you think of this This, image? Right. You you didn't even have to instruct me to scroll down uh, Mm -hmm. for this photo mark, because I can see it vividly in my mind's eye. I'm sure all of our listeners um, uh, tuning in right now, they don't have to, like, Stop their car and pull off to the or, no. Don't stop your car. Pull over to the side of the road. Then stop your car, <laughs> um, and then like look up this image on your on your uh, phone because this is the thing. It, just like you said, this is the thing that you think of. Um, yes, the kind of plesiosaur looking guy um, bobbing along there, and again, black and white because mm-hmm. it's again 1930s, mm-hmm. um, 1933. Yeah. But but yeah, this is this is the photo. Yeah, that's that's it. Uh, the most famous picture of Nessie herself. Um, uh, this is effectively the patient zero for the posse fever that were rounded up in Scotland at this time. Future Mark, cue up Foggy Mountain breakdown and all bagpipes and play it through the entirety of this episode because that's what happens next, buddy. Man, okay. Also, just very quick tangent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I unironically would love to learn how to play the bagpipes it's so freaking cool man um i don't know i like them but guys they're hard to listen to yeah i like to like i can like chill and listen to them like offhandedly but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah we may have to i don't know this this may just inspire me for like a a future episode um maybe like a callback to like this will be like music part two weird instrument boogaloo because um, yeah, we can talk I'm about in. the bagpipes. Um, talk didgeridoo. about I don't know. Yeah, the didgeridoo. Uh, all that stuff. Yeah, wait. Okay, I'm making. I'm making a note. Getting my note card or my little sticky note out in front of me. Weird, Tchaikovsky weird. thinking that cannons are instruments in a overture at 1812. Yeah. yeah, we can do this. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I would. I would. I would play the hell out of some bagpipes. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I yeah I would I, I don't know I like them um I always get kind of horny up like watching St Patrick's Day parades and shit and they're playing like mm-hmm. yeah you know yeah 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 it's great um so you, Josh I know that you watched all these Fox specials and Discovery Channel and Sci Fi Channel and sightings God the original 1996 sightings episode I remember it so clearly in my head 
and they always mm-hmm. cut back to this. And I don't need to tell you that um, this, you know, crystallizing moment is also a complete forgery. It's a fake. We know yeah. it's a fake. In 1994, a man named Christopher Sperling came forward and on his deathbed and detailed how he and his buddy, a big game hunter named No Shit, Marmaduke Weatherall, created a fake head and attached it to a toy submarine they got out of a Sears Roebuck catalog. They then put it in the middle of the lock and took a picture of it. It didn't matter, though. The damage had been done. And if mankind is one thing, dude, it is persistent, and it does not know when to quit. And quite frankly, neither do I. (laughs) Well, and I'm going to give a rare sort of like, yes, you guys are sons of bitches. God damn it, I hate you, but God damn it, I respect you. They could have done this in any body of water, you know? They could have, like, gone to, like... McDonald's Duck Pond. But no, they still did this at Loch Ness. Like, they were, mm-hmm. like, it's a black and white photo. You can't tell. There's no, like, shoreline uh, to triangulate the position. But they still actually went to the lock. So I guess I can give you some credit for that. But then at the same time, yeah. You, like, way to ruin it for the rest of us. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> scotch is great, Mark. I love I fucking scotch, love scotch. scotch, scotch. Down in my belly. Yummy, yummy. <laughs> I, I have made a new uh, Diet 7 Up and Cuddy Sark, but this time I added just a couple dashes of bitters because oh, I nice. like my go. bitters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so far, just um, sticking with uh, neat. Um, yeah, at least for the first go around, I was like, okay, let's like keep it reasonable here. So I maybe did like two fingers. Now I got maybe like half a hand, uh, so we'll see how the second half of the episode goes. But um, yeah, this is this is tasty stuff. I'm I'm digging it. Um, it's all it's also kind of fun too. Like right, whenever yeah, we find like an interest, an interesting beer or something like that, we always let Tompkins and Quincy have a smell, and mm. uh, and if they seem interested, we'll like kind of dip a finger in and like have them have them lick off of mm-hmm. that. Yeah, they were giving the funniest looks when I popped open this little bit of scotch. Like, their eyes got super squinty. And Tompkins does this with pretty much everything, though. He, like, kind of, like, dry heaves. Like, he'll he'll smell something and kind of go, what? Oh, sweet boy. But, But he literally does that with everything. So much so that I think it's just an act. Like, I had, I, I pulled a, a, um... A salad fork straight out of the dishwasher, completely dry, completely clean, all that, held it in front of him, and he did his little gag. It's like, you faker, you're just faking it. You're not actually smelling, you've just conditioned yourself like, uh, here comes a human with with something, I better start dry heaving. Blech. <laughs> Classic. Wow, Pavlovian conditioning in cats. All right. Yeah. All right. I guess, Interesting. I guess so. I guess so. But, you can uh, you got time to pivot on your doctorate, right? Like, oh yeah, sure. I cool. I can yeah. I can add another chapter in easy. <laughs> <laughs> Completely unrelated, but about Completely yeah. unrelated to anything I'm, I've written <laughs> in the previous 200 pages. But here's a picture of Tompkins. <laughs> I want to take a moment to digress. This is my cat. <laughs> Allow me to digress. <laughs> Summa right, cum laude. Buddy. Yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> we are refueled and re, uh, what do you call that? Not proportioned? 
What do you uh, get? Reprovisioned? There you are, provisioned. Thank you. God okay. damn it, Josh. This is only my second drink, and I forgot the word for provision. Let's see how well this goes. Talk about getting fucking foggy in the peat water. Yep. In 1941, there was this little dust-up that you may or may not have heard of called World War II. Yep, yep, that was happening. According to Italy's uh, Popolo d'Italia, um, an article was run saying that Nessie had been killed via direct hit in a German bombing raid. The pilot who had conducted the raid even reported seeing Nessie's body floating up to the surface. Now, I don't need to tell you that this is probably just senseless propaganda perpetuated by Il Duce. But the Allies said, hold my beer, you cunt, because remember, we're still in Scotland. And yep. they doubled down. And the Australian Daily Mail reprinted the story from Popolo. But also ran their own counter report of a one Jay McFarlane and his son who were out fishing on the lock the day of the raid. Not only did they have a bumper day of fishing, but they also watched the bomber drop the bombs on Nessie, but they also watched Nessie bravely shrug off the attack. And you can see this article from the Australian Times in your notes with a picture of Nessie given oh that crowd pilot. <laughs> He's blowing a raspberry. It's like, ah, take that. Johnny Kraut. Ah, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Get out of here, you Jerry bastard. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why I'm giving him a Boston accent, but... <laughs> it's like the universal thing, dude, because either like you're making that hand signal and you're Italian or you're from Boston. Mm. It's just, it's what happens. Oh, my and God. Since it's, you know, an Italian newspaper and it's, you know, Mussolini going, they killed the monster. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was Swedish. I'm sorry. That's a little Swedish, too, um, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, well so like one, I love the idea that like now we're conscripting our cryptids into this global conflict. Um uh-huh. and I am not praying. I, I I am not hoping, I don't want World War Three, but when it's not an if, when World War Three comes, um I want yeah, I want us to like fully lean into like cryptid mascots. We're here's our Bigfoot stealth bombers. Here's our Jersey Devil UAVs. Uh, <laughs> I, I, we should just do that. We should just do that, right? Well, yeah, because like they tried this airships. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and like, and you could almost even see that, right? Because like, uh, like early on in the uh, current Russian Ukraine conflict, there's that whole like, oh, there's the ghost of Kiev. Yeah, it's the like ghost mystery, of Kiev. Yeah, which it's like. Again, man, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Um, they, they, I'm sure, that, yeah, the equivalent uh, in 1941 was writing about how the Jerry's trying to kill Nessie, but she just shrugged it off. <laughs> well, like, you know about, like, um, the uh, the Angel of Marne, right? Like, right. during yeah. World War One and the Battle of Marne, uh, soldiers on both sides, because the fighting had gotten so bad, reported seeing a bright light, and an angel appeared and said, stop fucking fighting. And yeah. kind of like... Both simultaneously, Doctor Manhattan murdered and then healed everybody. It's yeah. spotty at best, but like it. We're okay. So I'm trying to write war cryptids, but I'm oh, trying baby. to be as like sensitive as possible about it. Because you know, like, yeah, not tr- I, I, again. Like, I feel bad co-opting like you know ancient native folklore for it. I feel even worse going. Oh yeah, you know everybody knows that you know D Day at Operation Overlord. Like yeah. They were brought every single, you know, uh, patrol boat that the Allies landed was driven by a Sasquatch. We all know that. Like, yeah, of course. Right. 
You know, those sons of bitch in Japanese fucking got the Kappa to fight on their side and yeah. suck the livers right out of the assholes of the Allies, boys. It's miserable. I, it can't do that. Also, also, watch out for incoming listeners, fucking World War Three cryptids. Uh, Axis and Allies edition. And I don't know how to do oh. it. I might, like, make Johnny or Brad to say the role of, like, Japan. I'll take the Axis. Josh can take America. And then, like, Johnny can take, like, the other allies. Like, you know, the the weird ones like right, Australia yeah. and... Like, the, the, the outside allies. But mm, it's happening, mm-hmm. baby. And we're going to find a way to animate it. Josh has been drawing. We're getting into it. Yeah, we're, we're doing it up. Also, also, my other brief aside was... Uh, yeah, so so the so the image that you have here on our drive says that um, this is from the weekly Australian newspaper, The World's News. So would mm-hmm. you say, Mark, that this could be the weekly The World's News <laughs> all the way back in 1941? <laughs> I reckon. Question I mean, mark. And yeah. then on the front page is um, I don't know what what would what would it be uh, bat. But uh, Bat Boy, Bat Boy found... pants is Hitler. <laughs> yeah, Bat Boy bites Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> bites <laughs> Hitler, a vampire <laughs> killed by the Pope with a steak of garlic, steak of garlic, clove of garlic, steak. Fuck it, steak of garlic. Yeah, steak of garlic. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So it's at this point. This is where we get to with all our cryptid episodes, where I go, now, Josh, I'm not just going to sit here and give you a list of all the sightings. Um, but in this case, we literally don't have fucking time, dude. Um, into the modern yeah. day, according to Loch Ness Sightings dot com, which runs a cumulative, sorry, which runs a cumul, which runs an ongoing upkeep of sightings. They are now at a uh, fifteen hundred. Uh, when I started this, it was at a uh, eleven something. So like, yeah, That's I've been typing this for a minute. There, there are sightings daily. We still, we, people are still seeing shit in the Loch Ness. So mm-hmm. like, there's something up there. Real or not, I don't care. People are seeing something. But yeah. my point is in all this, like, sources are varied. But if you're trying to do it from a modern skew, LochNessSightings.com is probably your best bet. And really, listeners, you and Josh, go look at them. But really, they're all about the same. I saw a thing. It looked like humps or it looked like a fucking tire. It looked like an overturned boat or there was a head or it was, you know, big old glowing eyes and it asked me for a tree fitty. <laughs> but also... um. I, I need to stop, and we just need to kind of call the ending out right here. I mean, already the surgeon photo, the the most, you know, the patient zero that ignited Loch Ness fever is a hoax. There's a ton of hoaxes, but just like Bigfoot, some of these hoaxes just exist, and there's some really, really good ones, and there's some really, really dumb ones, and we will cycle back here. But among all the hoaxes, there's also something, and people yeah. keep seeing this something, and that something is super, super good for the local economy. And drink once again as yeah. we just look back at all the posses, what have descended across all the towns, and how bad did they boost the local economy, Josh? Right, yeah, you know, and, and th- that, is, that has also been an ongoing theme. It's, it's just as prevalent as there are cryptid sightings, uh, equally prevalent are cryptid posses and uh, economic booms that follow in their mm-hmm. wake, unless they don't get like crazy rowdy. Would would you say it's their own kind of cryptid currency? Ah, <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, 
But so just as an example here, uh, Boxing Day, that would be December 26, 1934. This is one year after all the everythings have been cited. The Surgeon photo, the um, Spicer photo, all of them, the, the, all the big ones that have been seen, right? So 1934, on December the 26th, uh, the two-lane road going into the loch was completely packed with cars for the 20-mile span. Just they, all these people got in their cars and decided they were going to go look for Nessie because at this time, rounding up local posses to monster hunt was kind of the thing you did in the area. Like, and really, it was it was kind of like you know how Randy Marsh goes out on Halloween, dresses up as a witch, and smokes crack yeah. and gets hammered. That's what they were doing. But I'm not going to poo-poo anybody's fun. That sounds cool as shit. Getting hammered and go like driving around looking for a fucking lake monster. I am so in. Hell yeah. Um, now. It's not cool when everybody does it, and not because we're drinking and driving, because the Scot, because the Scottish people are allowed to do it. The Scottish and the Irish are allowed to do it. They yeah. spec into alcoholism, and the, God damn, can they handle it? That is um, But what did happen, though, for the first time ever in 1934, um, the town of Inverness was completely floodlit by the ambient glare of all the headlights on the road. <laughs> Twenty uh, again. 20 miles worth of cars produced so much light pollution. Back-to-back yeah. bumper traffic of 20 miles worth of cars produced enough back-to-back bumper, or sorry, bumper-to-bumper light pollution that it floodlit the town of Inverness on December the 26th. That is amazing to me, and I fucking love it. That's, that's um, amazing. Nobody saw anything. No sightings of Nessie were reported at the time. But by the time everybody got home and so- sobered up a touch... Everybody agreed they probably definitely maybe saw something, something in the lake. Wink, wink, wink. <laughs> By the 1950s, Nessie sightings had grown both literally and figuratively. In the beginning, Nessie was a between eight. So she was either less than 18 feet long, but no bigger than 30 feet long. And most of that was legs, your stubby legs and a long neck. But now, by the 1950s, she'd gotten bigger. Uh, she was more than 50 feet long, and 20 foot of that or more could be put down to neck, which would always be craning out of the water and always looking at you. And I don't need to tell you, based off of our Lake Monster episode, that plesiosaur biomechanics dictate that the neck cannot be raised out of the water and yada yada. I don't care. This is the Loch Ness Monster, not a plesiosaur. It's different. It's new. It's brilliant. Uh, evolution has cu- given it the ability to bring its head out of the water. But also, Josh, this time in the 1950s, just like in our other Lake Monster episode, is when Nessie became a big old fan of the Black Eyed Peas. Because once again, she started showing her humps, her humps, her <laughs> lovely Nessie lumps in all those pictures. And I can invite you to check in your notes and listeners, you can check on two Wizards Podsy, one, whatever our blue sky is and whatever our Facebook is at the McNabb photo taken just off the coast of Utrecht Castle. Now, this is said to be a fake, but it's also said to not be a fake because nobody can say if it's real or not. Just like the Patterson-Gimlin, just like the whatever, just like the whatever, just like the whatever. It's You can't say it's real. You can't say it's fake. There's no definitive evidence, but there's a thing. And, Josh, go ahead and take a look at that. And that is yeah. that one might be the biggest, so to speak, picture of something yes. in the lock. Because this one does, as, as you pointed out, it does have, um, yeah, the, the remnants of the castle there for, for comparison. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's got to be... How what a good like 
20, 30 feet at least. Um, and, yeah. and, and it does have the kind of, right, like the rolling either 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 humps or the, the kind of like uh, undulating motion that's often associated with, with Nessie and other, and other lake monsters now. Uh, yeah, there's definitely a thing there. There's something mm-hmm. there. It's a thing, even because I read things. So I read a I read a deal where it was, um, this was produced by taking a picture of the castle ruins, and then taking a picture of like a day with like heavy like wave activity, and they put the glass plates on top of each other and doctored it. It was like old timey Photoshop, so to speak. Right, right. I mean, again, nineteen fifties, but like. It's one of those things where, like, you know, so many people will just decry the Patterson-Gimlin film as being 100% fake, but then, like, there's the people who are like, well, what about the stride distance and the hip ratio and the shoulder? Yeah. And people are like, well, fuck, it was Andre the Giant, and Andre the Giant goes, yeah. that wasn't me, guys. <laughs> so, like, it's just hard, and there's no right or wrong answer. Again, there's no, again, with all cryptids, there's no right or wrong here, but there's something here. But what is right, and what we do hear more of is... Um, when people see things, and if enough people see things, and then enough people tell other people that they saw things, and enough tour shekels are made by the local, or you know, made in the local towns, then the mm-hmm. government goes, maybe, just maybe, we'll throw a bone to academia. Um, around 1935, a local game warden declared that Nessie was in fact protected, and you couldn't hurt her. You could take pictures, and if you were to catch her on a fishing line, well, that was on you, dog, but, you know, that's cool. But so, just coming out, and they said Nessie is a real thing. But also in the 60s to the 90s, um, multiple, and when I say multiple, what's the, what, what, multiple in magnitudes of expeditions were launched across the Loch Ness. Mm. I'm going to skip most of these, but the big standout to me came from in 1972 when the Academy of Applied Sciences took uh, multiple pictures of a diamond-shaped flipper about six feet long and two feet wide from one angle, and then about 45 seconds later took another picture of the same thing. And you can look at that on your notes, and god oh, wow. damn, if that one isn't good to me. But then also in 1975, uh, the same Academy of Applied Sciences got a picture of two flippers and a long neck. This image was estimated to be about 17, as, sorry, about 17 foot long based on scale. And it's also from another angle that we see the horns that appear on the head, giving us that classic um, Loch Ness Monster yeah. horns. That's true. Yeah, because right, sometimes, yeah, it's either... Yeah, like ridges along the kind of spinal column there, or just yeah, out and out horns. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that definitely looks like a like a flipper of some sort, and I don't mean the dolphin that saves people. <laughs> Future Mark cut in dolphin sounds to make it sound like you can make dolphin noises. I really like that second one, that nineteen seventy five one. Yeah, yeah, that um, was pretty sweet. There are people that say that that one, again, two Wizards Pod C1 listeners, uh, people say that this is a uh, dead horse that got thrown. It's just like the body of a dead horse. But even that, like, the scale's wrong. That head is too long. The neck is too long. It's not a horse. You know what I mean? Yeah. And is that a thing? Is like, oh, no, like, it's it's throw your dead horses into the lock Tuesday. Like, is that a thing that happens regularly? Or are you just grasping it, whatever? Yeah. That, <laughs> huh? See, that's a fair point. I never thought to discredit it with uh, reasonability, but yeah, there you yeah. go. All right, all right, all right, Josh. All right, well done. 
Drink to you, sir. <laughs> the sightings continued. They will still continue, and they will always continue. And things are still seen, and pareidolia and tourist shekels are a hell of a fucking drug, dude. Yeah. But again, I gotta point out that the absence of evidence, meaning a physical body, is not evident of the absence. Uh, monster hunts are ongoing until this day, and findings, quite frankly, are as murky as the lock herself. There are pounds of pictures, and what do you do with it? There are multiple sonar sweeps, and what do you do with it? And these sweeps reveal regions of weird shadows that aren't there the second time you fucking pass by them, just like the fucking Phantom Islands that the crews in on the single boat floating about the lock in 1655 were seeing. There are thermal image sweeps that show pockets of... I don't know. Something. something. Big bulks of cold-blooded shit in a cold-as-balls lake. Hmm, I don't know. <laughs> but these photos all just kind of, they're there. Um, and now here we are in an age of high definition, and it means dick-all. Because what is the Loch Ness at base level? That's right, murky as fuck based on the high peat content in the soil. It is impossible. It is nigh impossible even now to take a clear fucking picture in it. I think visibility up until Okay, so like, the best visibility range that I could... I don't know, I, I did some looking. The mm -hmm. best you can see is about 8 meters. That's only 24 feet, dude, yeah, about, give or take. Yeah. Like... It is nothing. It is dick all. It does. N you can't see across the highway in Loch Ness. Right. Yeah. Like you cannot see your neighbor's house in Loch Ness. It's it's mad, so to speak. And I hate to do this, but goddamn, man, it's just again. And here we are now at the you know buck forty mark, and we got to ask ourselves. Well, you know, Josh, there's something in Loch Ness, right? Right. I mean, I, I think right. I, I think there has to be. You know, it, it it's not like all all the way back Saint Saint Columbo, he saw something, and yeah, we have mm -hmm. to like kind of filter it through, or, or we have to understand that that's being filtered through whatever, whatever. Uh, and yes, oh, there's all these other more modern photographs, and clearly the one dude who yeah put some modeling clay on a toy boat. Like okay, yeah, we understand that. But still, like, there, there's, it's something that's something there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem is there's a thing. Yep. So let's kick into our section here. What is it? Because, again, I'm not going to sit here and name off all the sightings because, dude, that would take us days and <laughs> yeah. I ain't got enough scotch. But uh, so part one here, hoaxes for malice, fun, or tourist bucks. Um, you and I have done enough of these, Josh, that you and I know what's coming. Uh, Foggy Mountain Breakdown has been playing in bagpipes uh, up until now, and I just cut it. Don't worry, it didn't. <laughs> but in my mind, when I wrote this script, I heard Foggy Mountain Breakdown in bagpipes. Yeah. According to The Enigma of Loch Ness by one Dr. Henry Bauer, a man with the last name of uh, Smith wrote, uh, multiple, who was writing under multiple pseudonyms at the time, claiming to be a biologist or a big game hunter or a veterinarian or a monster hunter or anything at all that would make you sound credible in the 1940s or in the 1930s. Well, he claimed that he had been employed by the local Scottish governments to drive up tourism to the Loch Ness region. So, under that charge, he wrote more than 40 books slash articles slash letters to the editor slash pamphlets saying, I saw a thing in the loch. Holy shit. Come to find out, this gentleman named Smith was responsible for the 1933 Boxing Day floodlighting of Inverness. That was his deal. Uh, he said, hey, Nessie's going to show up on Boxing Day. Y'all better show up. And it did. 
Um, Smith is an asshole. I don't like this guy Smith, and I wish I could find his first name, and I can't, but that's mm. fine. I'll call him Smith because he also not only said that he had created the entire he, that he fabricated the myth of Nessie on his own, but he also said that it was um, the he fabricated the uh, Ogopogo in Canada slash North America. See, you do okay. This is that classic thing where I think someone who's lying tells another lie to try to make the first one seem more credible, but it actually like undercuts their their entire claims. Like, oh no, I made it all up. It's like, okay, if it's one dude claiming that he was um, charged by the Scottish Tourism Board or whatever to that, it's like, oh, okay, maybe. Oh, wait, the same guy's also responsible for Ogopogo? Get the fuck out of here. Fuck you. <laughs> exactly. That's where I come down to. I yeah. Again, he was a real dude. Yeah, he is a disinformation agent. But he also, again, um, this um, that guy, uh, Bauer, he, he, according to his research, he found better than, he found those, like, better than 40 instances of uh, just Smith writing this shit. So, like, there is a thing. There is a definite disinformation campaign. Right. And I yeah. really think that, like, Nessie might be the worst one, too. It Like, mm. in terms of just, yes, again, Bigfoot, yeah. Okay, you know what? I take that back because how many seasons are there of Mountain Monsters slash Bigfoot Hunters slash yeah, yeah, true. whatever the fuck is on the Travel Channel and the Learning Channel, question mark, now? Like, my 600-pound life and my 600-pound sass... And we've never seen the sass, but whatever. <laughs> but you know, man, like Germans can have fun too. On uh, April Fool's Day, nineteen thirty-four, the Berliner Illustrate Zeitung they took they took a picture and reported that a group of fishermen had somehow driven a creature out of shallow water onto the shore, and they netted her with uh, heavy steel nets. Uh, the creature was taken alive to a hangar in Edinburgh, and there's a picture of the capture in your files, Josh. <laughs> I love that picture, man. It's great. What is this Ray How Ray Harryhausen knockoff bullshit? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I just I like it. I people publish this like again. I want to go back to um. Our fearsome critters episode when I talked about like mm. how I just want to believe there's a creature called the Snollygaster that yeah. is a crocodile with a propeller on its tail that like dices up lumberjacks with his tail and does them like lines of coke. I want to go yeah. back to that time where we believed in this kind of shit because <laughs> man, I want fake news to be like abundantly fake. Right? Yeah, just like just clearly over the top. All right. Hey, we're all we all had our oh man, we all had our fun with that one. Uh. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. All right. Turn off the lights. <laughs> all right. Danke schön. Ha ha ha. I don't know how Germans laugh. I don't think Germans laugh. True, uh, there yeah. have been tons of people though that are faking sightings, either for fun or you know, as a way to back up previous findings. Maybe just maybe. Um, you see this also in Bigfoot hunters, but um. Sometimes a person will see a thing, and they'll only see a thing one time. And then you can't replicate it, and science dictates that you need repetition. So they'll go, well, I saw it, and I know what I saw, so I can force science's hand. In this case, the hand of the forcer is a guy named George Edwards, who is a monster hunter slash cruise ship operator who does what josh that's right he stole our gag of running the scooby-doo tours where what? he drives people around the loch ness and shows them 
and you know, oh, Damn look it. over to off the port bow. There's Nessie over there. And to be fair, Josh, boy, this dude took a bunch of pictures in the 80s. And then he was discredited in 2013 in a post-high-definition age when um, on a sightings tour, or so when it was revealed that the sightings that, pass- that passengers were seeing was actually around the Ukart Castle area was nothing more than a fiberglass body ma- model uh, that was created for the Nat Geo documentary that, <laughs> for sorry, sorry, that was created for a National Geographic documentary, documentary about Loch Ness that George literally found in the trash and fixed the holes in. And then he dumped it out in the lake and towed it and had a guy tow it around. And so people would see that and go, Oh my God, there's the monster. He also took a bunch of pictures in the eighties that of course he maintains were true, but also fuck you. But also Josh, we can't hate the player. You got to just hate the game, man. No, I was going to say like, what, uh, Okay, my mind is reeling. Um, right? One. Obnoxious, right? Isn't it obnoxious? Yeah, so like, one, how dare this guy take our idea uh, some 40 years before we came up with it or however long. <laughs> Two, I'm thinking of the quote attributed to Napoleon where I found the disposed fiberglass body of Nessie in the gutter. And I picked it up and I put it in the lock and charged people money to see it. Yes. But, and what it's is nothing... entrepreneurial spirit, man? Yeah. Oh, so, like, again, I got to, I, I can respect that hustle. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, if this guy, rather than finding the crown of France, he finds a discarded, <laughs> clearly fake Loch Ness monster from a Nat Geo documentary, and he says, I could do something with this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe my favorite hoax took place in an expedition launched in 1972 uh funded and based or whatever i don't know who does expedition i don't understand how expeditions work i guess but it was done and funded by uh york the yorkshire zoos or sorry wow scotch josh yeah, uh it launched in 1972 from yorkshire's flamingo park zoo um these people reported finding something. Um, they were going around the lock and they picked up something on sonar and then they hit a thing they reported. And in hitting the thing, they revealed that they had actually nailed a body of a Loch Ness monster. Oh, uh, they pulled the body out of the water. It was about, they showed it to the locals. It was about 15 feet long, covered in bumpy, kind of scaly skin that was kind of maybe gray-green, but also maybe furry. We couldn't tell, but it had four flippers and a really long neck. Oh, snap. Shit. The Yorkshire Flamingo Park Zoo dubbed it dubbed this thing the son of Nessie, and they took it back to the Flamingo Park Zoo to release their findings to the world on April 1st. Oh, those jerks, those jerks. Now, to be fair, at least they did their due diligence in hoaxing and showing... They actually showed a body to locals. Uh, The body was that of a dead elephant seal that had died at the zoo a couple weeks before, and they quote-unquote borrowed it and threw it in the lock and then hit it with a boat and then dredged it up and said, Holy shit, we fucking found something. (laughs) Game recognized game. That's hilarious, dude. I don't fucking care. I found the carcass of a dead elephant seal in the gutter, and I placed it upon my head. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) 
So really, I think the problem is that fucking that guy is a bigger dickhead because he's just, you know, stealing their grift. I don't know. It could um, be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so, okay, um, all this joking aside, Josh, we've still been seeing something in the lock for about 1,500 years, give or take. Mm-hmm. And human hosting aside, we got to say that the culprit is something that actually just like lives in the lake. Like it's a natural occurring thing like otters or seals or seabirds or anything else that might just be swimming in the lock or maybe just derelict boats or floating logs or tires or trash. But seals, Josh, are a big one. Um, In 1933, a team of 20 men was tasked by a rich insurance man to photograph the lock. So for nine hours a day for about a month, these men stood around various points and they took eight pictures because, again, this is 1933 technology. Hmm. And in all the pictures they took, they revealed one picture of something swimming and that something was a seal. It's probably a seal. It's probably a seal, Josh. And seal locomotion is pretty fucking humpy. It's hard. That's true. And, yeah. But once again, man can't quit, neither can Mark, because Mark's a wizard, and I'm better than man. Back in our Lake Monsters episode, I mentioned that it would take about 100 pounds of constant biomass per creature to sustain any big living extant anything in any large body of water. This is the um, Benjamin Radford uh, equation, and he talked about it in his shit, and I'm co-opting it now to mention it again. Um, There are pretty big fucking fish in the Loch Ness. Um, initially it was reported that Loch Ness was like not populated with life. And then we started doing surveys and realized that no humans are stupid and don't know how to understand fish biology. Um, there's tons of fish. Then there's some really big fish like Northern Pike, the same type of Northern Pike that you can catch in like lakes in America. And they get pretty goddamn big. There's also things called European sea sturgeon that can push better than 14 feet long. Um, Atlantic salmon also pass through the area all the fucking time always, and they get really, really big. Um, But also, all this is to say that the lake is teeming with life on its own, and this life can support maybe a population of something, maybe question mark, we don't know. But also, there's another aspect in here. Um, Due to conservational concerns, there are species of animals in the lake like the european eel and the arctic char that are super endangered due to you know overhunting. so scotland doubled down and said fuck you we're not gonna let you kill our national resources and they put a ban on net trawling in the lock so yeah. you can't net trawl you have not been them. allowed to net trawl in the lock since about the 1950s give or take mm-hmm. yeah good it's on it's pretty cool dude like good on scotland for fucking doubling down and like saying stop pillaging our resources man it's it's pretty neat like just at its base level right it, and it is it's like even all this other stuff aside uh that one of the outcomes of this of this story is again a greater appreciation for our natural world not not just for its resources and like the things that we as humans can like do with, with those resources but just an appreciation for nature i mean uh yeah. when the when the mrs wizard and i were kind of floating ideas about hey what what anniversary trip do you want to take before we landed on um italy yeah we were we were saying like well i mean like scotland's up there i'd love to like go to scotland and just like hang out and uh go 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 through the highlands go go see the locks 
drink a bunch of scotch, um, have some haggis and shepherd's pie. Hell yeah. Uh, and so, mm-hmm. yeah, if it's if, if this means employing this sleazy disinformation agent to drum up our tourism industry, well, hey, that's getting people out there into into the natural, you know, wild world and having an appreciation for that. So, yeah, right. good right. on you. Absolutely, man. Yeah, it's and that's what it is, is like. I was gonna go anyway, but there's a monster. All right, well, double down, man. Yeah, even better. I'll I'll stay an extra night. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, one... we gotta leave. No, not yet. I'm gonna find him. Yeah. What were you gonna say? I'm sorry. No, no so I was like, uh, does one need to be a local to join the posse, or is it a kind of a first come first serve kind of a thing? <laughs> I think you just kind of show up because it seems like there's like posses at any given moment on Loch Ness. <laughs> honestly, like even right now, I guarantee you there is somebody on the lock looking for Nessie. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, in 2013, a geneticist named Neil uh, Gemlin. Uh, he had taken about five. He had taken more than 500 samples of biomatter from the lock, which he t- he took water samples, right? But mm-hmm. you know, various depths, various locations, and he sequenced the DNA that he found in there, and he um, pretty much unilaterally ruled out uh, whale and shark DNA, but he found shitloads of European eel DNA, and this is our first. Well, maybe oh. it's a this thing. Uh, you can go ahead and look in your notes there, Josh. There's pictures of mm-hmm. European eels. Oh, uh, European eels get colossal, as big as 14 feet long. And once again, I gotta remember, or gotta remind you, Loch Ness and Loch Lomond both have fish without fins. That would be an eel, good buddy. Yeah, that could that could very well be it. Um, yeah, the uh, picture that Mark has uh, on our on our shared drive here, um, listeners. Yeah, there's a couple of dudes in some slickers, and they have yeah. An eel that looks to be on the order of, yeah, like 14, 15 feet. Um, Isn't that gross? That's super <laughs> gross. Oh, my God. I hate that picture. I ugh, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just bad. <laughs> and now, Josh, I know what you and the listeners are all thinking because you guys live in my head. But, Mark, what do you think it is? Well, Josh and listeners in my head, I'm glad you asked. I think the Loch Ness Monster is probably a huge fucking catfish. Uh, the Two Wizards podcast is no stranger to catfish. Josh, really yep. quick, run down the uh, story of Jake and the catfish, because goddamn, I mean, <laughs> I'd love to hear it. And at this point, it's a yearly tradition. Well, yeah, truly. Uh, all the way back in our uh, fishing episode, I relayed the story of my older brother when we were younger and visiting our grandparents at their farm up in Wisconsin. Uh, my brother caught a catfish and doing what he thought at the time was the right thing, let it loose in a little pond that uh, our grandparents had. Well, come to find out, one of my grandfather's neighbors asked him to use said pond to uh, rear some tilapia uh, babies, y- younglings, hatchlings, new fish. And this catfish just... Fry? Yeah. Yeah, right, uh, gobbled them all up. Gobble, gobble, gobble. And <laughs> when it was time to harvest the tilapia, who knows where they went, but they found a big-ass catfish in that pond and had no idea how it got there. <laughs> <laughs> I just your brother fucking genocide fucking baby right. flapping I think it's so hilarious dude like unknowingly unwillingly we did it oh my god uh, catfish are terrifying they are huge they can exist out of water for long periods of time they can cross land yep for distant like really catfish are like 
the apex evolution of all life on Earth, man. I'm just calling yeah, it. When, um, yes, yeah, so like following World War Three, it's going to be, um, yeah, like, the, the, right, there's that saying like, I don't know the weapons World War Three will be fought with, but World War Four will be fought with uh, rocks and sticks. No, World right. War World War Four is going to be fought between uh, catfish and uh, cockroaches and naked mole rats. That th- those are going to be <laughs> the 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 combatants of World War Four. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, dude. Fucking mire lurks. Yeah, yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, there's a thread of truth in this though. Catfish get big and scary in America with the flathead and blue variety, but over in Europe they get even bigger and scarier. There's a type of catfish called the Wells catfish. Um, they're everywhere all the time always, but most famously in the Po and Rhine rivers in mainland Europe, and they get fucking colossal. Better than 16 feet, and they can weigh up to 400 pounds. They are huge. They are terrifying. And they don't seem to die. Um, I want to say in 2013, was it, um, an angler caught a, what was it? It was like an 18-foot-long catfish, and when they cut the thing open, they found a Wehrmacht helmet inside of its stomach. So that means that at least this catfish had existed long enough to eat dead Nazi remains off the bottom of the river. Like, Wells catfish are huge and scary, and Josh, I put some notes in your file there. Um, oh my god. German waterfowlers will tell stories of they will shoot their ducks and then they send out their good boy dogs to go retrieve oh, them ducks no. like you do and the dogs will get sucked up by the catfish. Now think about the sheep that got pulled out 150 yards into the water and then sucked down. A catfish would catfish do that. Catfish are dicks. Uh yeah. you can catch catfish on lures like you can so like there's you can watch videos of like um these wells catfish like uh, people will catch them on lures that are like ducklings and like they'll just like kind of like put them across the water and these seven foot long catfish will just devastate them. Um, and then the last note in your in your little file there, Josh, is a Czech fisherman, sorry, a Czech fisherman named Jakob Wagner. Um, I follow him on Instagram and he's a great follow if you are into fucking oh. colossal fish okay. like I am. Okay, Two wizards nice. follow him. I, I make a point to follow all his shit, but that's him on the last one there. Um, he's probably one of the better giant fish anglers of our age. But all that is to say, you're looking at these images, catfish are huge and disgusting. I yeah, hate they're, them. They're terrifying. Catfish a, Tadena. Yeah, there, there's a reason why in um, various Asian mythologies, um, what is it that causes earthquakes? It's catfish. Because, yeah, these things we, are, It was a yokai. We talked about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah, these things are just giant and disgusting and yeah, maybe it was. Maybe you know, way back in uh, yeah the Middle Ages. Um, uh, oh, here comes a uh, McGregor up, and he finds McLeod. He says, "Oh, McLeod, say I, I got me some wee tilapia. I'm hoping to raise and sell in markets. <laughs> you mind if I toss them there in your loch?" Oh, I wouldn't be wouldn't be a problem at all. The only thing is, uh, I thought I saw a, a wee catfish <laughs> flopping around a couple of days ago. Oh, it wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> and then, lo and behold, seven hundred years later, <laughs> it's insane fucking catfish. <laughs> Same fucking 
catfish. Oh gosh. my God, Mark, this is incredible. You did so great with this episode, man. This is awesome. Thank you. Oh, baby, I ain't even done yet, but thank oh, you so much, man. We're not even done. We're not even done. I'm not yeah. even done. I just want to show you a giant fucking catfish <laughs> because I hear what you're saying, Mark. You're being too fucking reasonable with this. Well, fine. I'm going to take a sip of liquid courage here. Drink. Let's get fucking stupid, Josh. Yes, let's. <laughs> do let's <laughs> the most common nessie theory um this is across the board is that it is an extant colony of marine rep- reptiles that managed to survive that kt extinction that would be the god resetting the game because satan was gonna win with the mammal domination culture victory right right right, mm-hmm. right? um again this is always a problem well but we don't find the bodies post the kt extinction fine fuck you who cares it's a fucking lock it's 99 percent pete you can't find it anyway yeah. there are two main sightings of loch ness monster um it's either boiled down to a long or, you know big body long skinny neck <coughs> which is basically <coughs> excuse me i cough here <coughs> a seal seal <laughs> that's a fucking seal in the lock <laughs> swam up the channel it's a seal right it's that right or uh, you, you you might call this uh, as a plesiosaur, right? Um, really, the uh, the uh, AAS photo, uh, yeah. the flipper photo, lends credence to those theories, and I like them a lot. And I'll even buy into it to like support my theories. Or or it might be a mosasaur. I'm sorry, mosasaur. Uh, so, mm, so like a dickhead. Sorry, it might be a mosasaur. Um, mosasaurs were monster marine reptiles that could reach ridiculous proportions. The largest reaching up reaching better than 100 feet they were huge they were colossal um but this kind of fits that hump profile because they were basically crocodile shaped things but they had flipper like appendages um there's so you know josh how all like life on earth is kind of the same but different but we all have like a five-fingered hand yeah 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 again mosasaurs you see this and it's the division in when reptiles stop being reptiles and or you know, stopped being terrestrial and went to a and went back to aquatic mm-hmm. because mosasaurs have the flipper-based hands, right? Yeah. Again, you can kind of get, but it's not the diamond shape. It actually looks like a whale hand, but it's not uh. whales. Uh, whales are something called Basilosaurus, which evolved around kind of the ice age. They were they were wolves that found it was easier to hunt in the ocean, and basically dogs turned into whales. Um, and that's a going theory is that maybe it's an extant Bacillosaurus, but uh, Bacillosaurus need to breathe like whales and they do what? Probably blowhole. And we don't see uh, water spouts on the lock. Okay, fine. Maybe not. Probably still a seal. Um, but also, also, Josh, uh, the biggest attractor of this is the lock was frozen for a long fucking time. It was a gigantic, it was covered in a gigantic ice sheet that covered all of, you know, the Caledonian mini continent. And I oh, opened with that one. Pay attention, kids. Shut the fuck up. You didn't listen when I said it the first time, kids. Shame on you. But it's okay because we can go ahead and say that, like, this can be disproved and reopened because geology rocks, dude. It's amazing. Like, yep. just because the thing is frozen doesn't mean that shit can't get into it. And really, hydromorphology is the tits, Josh. Yeah, it is. So the idea can be that a sea creature swims up into the lock via an underwater system of caves that are always being, like, simultaneously proven and disproven. We don't... Again, this this is like Bigfoot, you know, 202, Bigfoot Part 2, where we talk about, like, 
you know, Patterson Gimlin, and there's so much hay made over a single thing. And oh my god, the underwater cave system that links Loch Ness. Now, the biggest hole in this ship, so to speak, is that Loch Ness is not at sea level. It's in the highlands. So the idea is that there's caves that can run in but not out. But like if so there's nothing keeping the water in the lock, so to speak. So mm-hmm. it should drain out into the ocean. Right, right. I don't know, but we're still debating this shit because people will still come back and go, well, but what about this? It's it's dumb. Um, <sighs> So really here we are at the two-hour mark, and I can't give you a good answer. It's my belief that it's probably just a gigantic catfish, but it doesn't matter what I think because more people than me have allegedly seen a thing and, and more people have faked a thing, and more people saw the thing that people faked, but also during the faking, other people saw other shit that wasn't being faked. Yeah. So we come up with uh, multiple voids that I gazed across so that, you know, you and our good listeners didn't have to. And I just want to point out that, Josh, there's been something, at least something in the Loch Ness for the last 1,500 fucking years. We don't know what it is, but goddammit, if I get asked for Tree Fitty one more time, I'm fucking out. <laughs> How do you feel, buddy? I am feeling great. Like I like I said, this, is, this has been a great episode. Uh, you've done a phenomenal job uh, steering me uh, right. through this lock. Uh, scotch is great. I've really enjoyed scotch drinking scotch with you. And, yeah, there's, again, there's the the... The conclusion that we draw from this episode, like so many of our, of our other cryptid episodes, is there something? Is it is it the thing that mm-hmm. you imagine when you picture that clearly doctored photo? Okay, well, no, it's probably not that. But there's a thing there. Um, mm-hmm. And, right, I mean, who knows, maybe... Maybe that is where the Mrs. Wizard and I go next. Maybe we do go to Scotland and go go through, and we have our own uh, Mr. and Mrs. Wizard uh, uh, around the world, and we report what we see there. Uh, I, 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 man, I just, I just know. Maybe you bring your buddy Mark with you instead. Maybe Mrs. we do Wizard, that too. We go dunk our balls in the lock and tempt <laughs> anything to come bite them. Exactly. And then a catfish comes up and grabs said balls. And we say, no, no, I'm getting dragged out to the lock. <laughs> and then you marry the catfish because that's the- your new yokai catfish bride. Yeah. Exactly. I've been catfished. <laughs> <laughs> Need a giant fish. Fuck its brains out. <laughs> that's, another, that's another deep cut uh, for, for, our, for our listeners here. And that's a bit like of homework assignment. Yeah, it's a bit of homework assignment for you to for you listeners to figure out um, where that comes well, from. Well, because you know, Josh, there is one singular lonely island in the Loch Ness. <laughs> <laughs> and you and I, when when we find that island and we step and we step foot on there, we will be some lonely island boys. Uh, <laughs> 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 but uh, but Mark, yes, like like I was saying, this has been a great episode, man. And thank you, thank you for guiding me, and thank you for guiding our, our, our listeners. And so, yes, listeners, as always, we love hearing from you, and we want to hear from you. Uh, do you also? It, were you also an '80s and '90s kid and saw those same um, documentary shows on the Discovery Channel? Uh, did you watch like the one like good 
Uh, oh, no, okay, scratch that. There's like two good um, straight-to-VHS uh, Scooby-Doo movies. One of them is with the Loch Ness Monster. Um, are you a fan of that and you want to like tell us about... What are your experiences with the Loch Ness Monster growing up? Ha- ha- have you been up there? Are you a local? Do you have the uh, um, Nessie and... Um, Oh, uh, the Nessie and Snollygaster pub. Uh. <laughs> okay. Did you watch the Pierce Brosnan movie with Loch Ness Monster in it? Because, God, I did when I was a kid and it was fucking trash. <laughs> <laughs> if any of those apply to you or something else, we always adore hearing from our listeners. So please send an email to twowizardspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, find us on Twitter uh, at Two Wizards Pod C One. Find us on Blue Sky under the High Hammock Radio banner. Uh, look mm-hmm. for us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and, and yeah, like Mark said, he's going to he's he's done. He continues to do a stellar job of uh, providing uh, supplemental illustrations, photos, drawings, pictures uh, for all of our episodes. So definitely go check those out. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Plaid Barbarian. I'm doing now that I'm like through dissertation stuff and like, or okay, not completely, but through like the 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 like really nitty gritty stuff. Uh, I'll put up more cat photos. I'll do fun Greek myth things. So find me there on Twitter at Plaid Barbarian. Mark, we recently passed a a major milestone. Uh, speaking of the High Hammock Radio. Uh, family, we passed a major milestone. We had the last, we had the final episode of uh, the Dangle Podcast, where you and our good friend Johnny, uh, it was a, a weekly rewatch retrospective of King of the Hill. Uh, you completed that one, so also drink. Cheers to you and Johnny, sir. Thank you, thank you. I will drink to that. Cheers, a good buddy. So. Listeners, definitely go through and um, maybe you're maybe you're just hearing about that for the first time, uh, and you're a, a Loch Ness monster and King of the Hill fan. So hey, you got a whole bunch of um, uh, listening content just waiting for you. But what other things might our listeners, uh, new and returning, be interested in, Mark? Well, if you didn't get enough of me railing about the Loch Ness Monster and all of its fact-in fictions, uh, well, maybe you can go listen to me rail about movies on the I Can't Wait to Show My Kids podcast, where me and our buddy Brad, and sometimes you, Josh, uh, you join us, and we fill in gaps in our cinematic knowledge, and we discuss movies that we saw when we were kids that were influential and make the other one watch. Right now, we are neck deep in World War II. I don't know why. I don't know why we picked this, but I'm depressed all the fucking time. Um... But, hey, go find me over there, or or maybe, just maybe, Josh, you called it out. Um, you listened to the Dangle Podcast, that sweet, sweet retrospective rewatch of King of the Hill. Uh, now Johnny and I have moved on to a new project called the Dangle Venture Boys, in which we take two episodes of the Venture Boys. That's right, that beloved Adult Swim classic cartoon. And we rate and discuss them and talk about them. Um... It is tighter, it is leaner, it is cleaner, it is dirtier somehow than the Dangle <laughs> Podcast. But please, by all means, go find us over there. Uh, by the time this one drops, we should be in episode two, I believe, so to speak. Okay. So it's great. It's wonderful. Go find us over there. Um, it's kind of cool. Johnny is really taking the reins on this one, so to speak. And 
I'm just kind of along for the editing ride, and it's great. Um, you can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter. Josh already called out our uh, High Hammock Blue Sky on our Instagram. So all that is to say, listeners, thank you for being here. Josh, thank you for letting me drag you through these murky depths of nothing at all to find <laughs> nothing at all to find an unsatisfying answer. And once again, I just got to ask, can I borrow Tree Fitty, buddy? <laughs> I, l- listen, I would, but the Mrs. Wizard has been very, very strict about like you can't be giving him no tree fitty. <laughs> in a perfect world, Christine like kicks in your door and yeah. God damn it, Mark, you get out of here! Stop asking Mark Josh for his tree fitty. <laughs> but, but, but in a perfect world, Bigfoot mm. and Nessie also exist, and That's Bigfoot true. rides a AK- rides a Nessie into the sunset, wielding an AK-47, and in the meantime. I will ride into the sunset with Josh upon my back, because Josh is the Bigfoot, I am the Sasquatch, or I am the Nessie. And we'll just say, listeners, thank you for being here. We'll see you next week. My name is Mark, and I am a wizard. And my name is Josh, and I am a wizard. Take care, everyone. Good night. He rolled upon his back, and after that, I killed them all!